Hello and welcome to HBC's M5 podcast where we talk about our music, our mission, ministry, yesterday's message, and anything that's on your mind. And it's your host, John Wilson, and I'm here as always with our wonderful communications director and illustrious audio engineer, Becca Smith. And I'm joined by our uh, worship pastor, Kevin Bragg. Say hello to the folks, Kevin. Good morning, good morning. And our student pastor, Blake Powers. Hey, everyone. And this is a little bit of a unique thing because uh, we're, you kind of get uh, to hear from uh, most of your pastors here this morning, and we're going to just talk through some things that are coming up that are exciting for us. But Kevin, w- we haven't had you on the podcast before, and I've sort of been filling in for the the music section, which is usually just whatever is really cool to John, and uh, that's maybe not the best look uh, for for our music. And so it's it's neat to have you on and, and just to get to hear uh, your insight into uh, why we do what we do from a music perspective. Well, it is so great. I'm loving this podcast format. I'm glad to finally make it here um, because just to be able to share what we do and, you know, our church has always worshiped well. Hmm. We want to be able to sing the old stuff, the new stuff. And it really, really, you know, there are a lot of places where we believe or where people believe that the music is warm up for the word. And we don't do that here. We want the wor- the worship that we sing together to be part of. We want to make sure that there's the gospel is in that music, that the word of God is in that music mm. because it's teaching. Because truthfully, we carry that uh, uh, we carry the music with us through the week, and so to be able to do that, and to, you know, we love to sing the old stuff, we love to sing the new stuff, um, and probably one of my greatest privileges of what we do is, you know, we, we, we have this purpose statement that we've used for years that says we exist uh, to create, well, now I'm drawing a blank, yeah, <laughs> to, create, to, to create the best possible environment for people to have an encounter with God. Yeah, to and set then, the table. Yes, and then to equip artists to do that. So really, that's part of what we do. When we, when we select music, when we select songs for us to come together with, we want that to be something that we set the table with, but then we, and this is the joy for me, is to be able to uh, prepare artists. And we've got young people, we've got uh, adults that we constantly want to be able to prepare them for what God may be calling them to. And it may not be at Hepzibah. Uh, hmm. You know, with us planting churches, it may be at a church plant. Their job may relocate them, but it's all kingdom. And so we want to be able to... Um, to equip people in the kingdom to be able to, to you know, to to serve, but then to, to worship. We want to, you know, what we do on Sunday is not just worship. It's worship is a lifestyle. Worship is what you do outside. Mm. And so part of that is singing praise. It's a command. So, you know, that's why we like to have things like Spotify playlists and things like that where people, because, I've you know, I've thought about it before, so many people will tell you what's on the Billboard Top 20, yep. but they can't tell you what songs they worshiped with. So to be able to put things like that in people's hands so that, you know, I have a diet there that I can feed on Monday through Saturday that prepares me. And so, um, so yeah, I'm excited about what God is doing. Uh, you know, it was great a few weeks ago to have some of our old band members back and to do some of that thing. But I love what God's doing now in the music ministry, and I'm excited as we look at fall for what's coming up. we got some great stuff with, with kids, with students, 
Um, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. So uh, you, you reminded me that maybe I haven't totally failed at the music portion because one thing that I have tried to do is to, is to point out a particular song and say, this is that song that we sang and this is where you can find it. Mm -hmm. And this is who the artist is because sometimes the songs that we sing on a Sunday morning aren't the songs that, you know, folks are necessarily listening to on the radio. And we could probably do a whole series of podcasts on, on why that is. And we won't get into that now, but I, I think it's so important what we sing for worship and how it aligns with our theology and how it informs um, our view of who God is. We spent a long time talking about that yesterday, yeah, but yeah. our view of who God is matters, and that comes through not just in what we read, not just in the preaching, but also in in what we sing. So, so thank you for just being so careful about uh, having us sing things that are that are fun and exciting and worshipful uh, and sincere and all of those things, but are also true. Uh, and also have us focused on on the character of who God is. And I know we're going to be singing some new things coming up. So did you want to say something about we that? We are going to be singing some new things. Um, and I'm, I'm really big on Spotify playlists. And so, you know, through the church app, you can actually access on the Sunday um, information page where you find the sermon app. You can find a playlist for those songs for this Sunday. But uh, And we'll, we'll include this in the uh, description for the podcast today, but there's a playlist of things that we're going to be learning for fall 2023. You know, I listen to a lot and there's no way we can learn all of them, but I love listening and steeping in those things. And Hey, we're going to learn a new song this Sunday. It's called praise you anywhere. It's Brandon Lake. And, um, it's a good energetic praise. You can look that one up on YouTube, on Spotify, Apple music, wherever you get your music. And, uh, and that'll be on the playlist, but on that Hepzibah worship uh, Spotify uh, ID that we have, you're going to find playlists of a variety of things. Some uh, we tried doing a playlist for like I thought about doing one for the Gospel of John since that's where we are, hmm. but I decided just to keep it with hey these are the worship songs we sing, and sometimes that that list will get new things, old things, um, because I just want to have pe people to have a place to go to to say. I need some praise and worship today in my life. Let me go find this. And here it is. Yeah. And one of the things that we do, because, uh, you know, some people that are listening might be thinking, you know, I don't have Spotify or, you know, I'm not familiar with these other tools and, uh, and I'm looking to Becca for confirmation, but I know that we put up on our website uh, an embedded player uh, for Spotify. So yeah. you actually don't have to have a Spotify account. You can just go straight to our website, go to the worship section, and you can see right there in the website, the player and play through the things that, that we're singing. So we yeah. want to make that accessible to anybody, you know, whether you're a member here, whether you're just visiting, whether, you know, you're just somebody who's trying to check us out and see what kind of music is it that these, that these folks enjoy, uh, what, what will worship be like with them? We want them to just be able to go right there to the website, be able to play it, whether they got a Spotify account or, or not. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as we're, as we're thinking about, you know, the week that's ahead, we're headed into uh, just a really busy uh, week in the life of the ministry. Summer is kind of winding down. We're getting into our fall ministry, you know, season. So that means the kickoff of fall. It means parent meetings that I know we've got coming up, Blake, for student parents, and we've got for parents of, of Awana on Wednesday nights. But it also means, you know, coming up this weekend is, is Lake Day. Uh, and, and Lake Day, you know, before I came here, this was not a, this was not a thing that I was aware of, right? Like I'd never been to a church where they had a, had a celebration like this. Uh, maybe it's, it's, it's kind of part 
like, you know, your, your old school homecoming where everybody bakes a dish. And I'm looking forward to the things that you guys bring because that's, that's the deliciousness, right? All the variety in that, but it's also so much, it's fellowship. It's getting to hang out with, uh, with the people that maybe you don't get to see on Sunday morning. You don't get to spend that quality time with, and you can just uh, hide under a tent. You know, there's pop-ups out there and just have a conversation, sit with families and uh, get to know what's going on in their life. And then of course you got boats and you've got baptisms and, uh, it is just an all-around good time. So I thought, you know, maybe there's some stuff that I wanted to highlight, but like, you know, Blake, I don't know about you, but w- w- what's your favorite part about Blake Day? Oh, well, yeah, Blake Day, because that was... Okay. that yeah, was a uh, It is Blake Day. Okay, <laughs> so I will accept gift cards. No. Um, I will say probably the last thing you listed is my favorite part. While, um, you know, for us, uh, our various Wednesday nights and our various Sunday mornings uh, can have a whole host and litany of responsibilities. And, I mean, you guys know what it's like just kind of running around from thing to thing. Um, one of the things I love the most is just that fellowship, hmm. right? Just being able to sit back and just simply interact with those people that you just don't usually get FaceTime with. Um, getting to know individuals that are new, getting to uh, strike up conversations with those who are old. And I mean, to that end, I just adore us being together as the body of believers and the fact that we get to do baptisms um, there, which I'm really excited about because um, I just confirmed yesterday that I do have one student uh, who will I will get to uh, baptize coming up just this Saturday. Um, so I'd say those are probably my favorite things. Yeah, to be honest. I, I, I love, um, I, I do love the fellowship and you're right, like, you know, especially for, for us as a staff, there are so many things that are happening on Sunday morning. But even if you're leading a connect group, even if you're serving somewhere, there's just so much to be done on a Sunday morning. And this is this is just the chance to sit and talk and to be the body. And then baptisms, man, I, there is something special about, you know, and it's the reason that we've done them out on the lawn so many times over the last couple of years, too, is there's something special about when, when somebody is is committing themselves to Christ and symbolically going under the water, doing it where the whole world can see, instead of doing it, you know, shut up in a building where just the people here in this church can see. I mean, we think about what this means symbolically and what it meant to the early church, and and this would have been a public declaration that I'm a follower of Christ, and I don't, I can't think of a more public place to do it than on the shore of a lake with you know people riding by on boats and everybody in the whole world watching, and to be able to. To, to be baptized and to be able to say, I am declaring myself as a follower of Christ, and I want everybody to know is is an amazing thing. Kev, what, what, what do you think, that things that you would add to what your favorite parts of Lake Day are? Well, it's crazy with because with, um, with baptism, I just love the fact that you're out there, everybody's focused for that time, and to see other boats and people that are just out for a Saturday at the lake <laughs> And all of a sudden, they realize we're standing on the shore, we're singing, we are baptizing, and we've had boats pull up and just participate. You know, we've had conversations with people, uh, hour-long conversations <laughs> with people out there who who were not part of Hepzibah. They lived local, and they weren't going to make the drive here. But it was just a good time of fellowship, even outside of our of our local HBC family. And so it's just it's just great to see everybody. And like like was like Blake said, to be able to get to know people, and just converse in a way that you don't get to do on on Sunday, you know, it's just a, a, it's nice. 
It's it's the simplicity of you know the church being the church, the body being the body, and and what we're supposed to look like to the world that's around us. I mean, there's there are very few days that are quite as joy filled and happy and full of families and everybody just enjoying the fellowship that comes with being the body of Christ than uh, than Lake Day, and uh, and then of course. You know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Joey and just his faithfulness to uh, to cook for us year after year. I have it on good authority that this year he is actually making Italian sausages oh. and chicken wings. So, oh. you know, you guys have asked for some food that you could walk around and eat and talk to folks. Um, so there's going to be other stuff for the kids. If they don't like Italian sausages, if they want to do hot dogs or hamburgers, that'll be there. But for the adults, Italian sausages, fair style, uh, and chicken wings is a fantastic thing. Yeah. And, I, and I hate that I'm going to... I hate that I'm going to be out of town and and I'm going to miss it. And before we we overstep, we can't say where I'm going on the podcast because this is going to be published. But I hate that I'm going to be out of town and I'm going to miss it. But you guys eat some uh, you eat some Italian sausages and some chicken wings for me. Yeah, yeah, that sounds so good. Uh, and, and truly, HBC steps up when it comes to the food that everybody brings. You know, it's <laughs> it, it is it is a lot of fun. And you know, and 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 I know a lot of people have things going on. Saturdays are busy. But I always love it when people will go ahead and plan, hey, I'm going to go to Lake Day. Then I'm going to slip out and go do what I need to do with, with kids. We used to do it with football practice all the time. Um, and so it is a little bit of a sacrifice to drive and to be there, but it's worth it. Yeah. It's totally worth yeah. it. Yeah, so if you're on the fence, I, I just would say uh, make a commitment as a family. Make it happen. And, you know, if you gotta if you got to dip out after we do baptisms, you, if you can't stay all day and boat around, um, your kids are going to be disappointed. Uh, but, but, but get out of there and, and head on back. But uh, don't, don't miss this chance to fellowship with the body and, and to just take this chance to, to meet folks that maybe you don't regularly see, to get to worship together, to get to see baptisms. It is, it is not something that you want to miss. And if you're thinking, I hadn't signed up yet, that's okay. Uh, go ahead and sign up today. We'll even put a sign up in the description. I think we're getting a long list of things that are going to end up in the description today. Uh, we'll put it in there, but but sign up. And if even if you don't sign up, show up. We would love to see you. And so we, we come right off of uh, Lake Day, which is Saturday, and we're right into Sunday, uh, which is Sunday evening at 5 p.m. is our annual meeting. And um, I, I just was reflecting on this because I knew it was something that I wanted to, to talk about this morning. And, and I was thinking about... Um, you know, I've been here long enough that I remember before we did an annual meeting. But most of the time that I've been here, we've we've been doing the annual meeting, and I think we started that back in in 2019. I think we decided was the consensus. Um, but you know, Kevin, you obviously had spent a number of years here before we started doing that, and Blake, you you grew up here. So, uh, thoughts on you know, what you remember from before we uh, did our did our annual meeting, uh, before we had this sort of format where we get to share what's going on in the life of the church with everybody? Well, the funny thing is this. Everybody has a story about a Baptist business meeting. That's I mean, true. you know, if you've been in church, it may, it may be a funny story. It may be, it may be a wounding story, but everybody has something to do with church uh, business meetings because... You know, sometimes we, we, we don't show our best behavior in those things. But the beautiful thing has been that at Hepzibah, there is a trust and there is a unity. And the way the church is set up with our committees to take care of business throughout the year, things get done. Things like the kitchen renovation that we're, we're working on finishing up now, uh, bathroom renovation, stuff like that that just needs to happen. Um, 
but to then to be able to come together once a year. The annual meeting, the nice thing is, yeah, we do some business, but we celebrate mm. what God has done in the year leading up to that. We've already got a missions video that'll highlight uh, so much of what's been going on in missions, but then to be able to, we'll have some praise and worship and just hear, you know, numbers aren't always the thing we want to talk about, but to share some numbers and to share some details of, hey, we've seen this happen with students. We've seen this happen with children. Uh, what was VBS like? And we want to take a little bit of time to celebrate that. Then we'll get in, because we do have to do some business. As as a church body, we need to be able to approve the budget. We need to be able to approve some committees and things like that. But there has been such a spirit of unity, hmm. and especially as we've seen some of our young families that come. And, you know, our church is set up. When we gather, we've got that fellowship hall set up kind of as an overflow room. And a lot of our young families will use that. Like, if you need to take your your, your young one out and still be a part you can do that, um, but to see our young families come and be involved, um, because it's not just about doing business; it is about the mission of what we do, hmm. and and preparing for that. And so, yeah, you look back in the rearview mirror, and there are some things that make you kind of wince when you think of uh, church business meetings. This is not that. Yeah, no, it's such a great time to get to to get to celebrate what's going on in the life of the church. And I was even thinking, Blake, you know, and you may want to share something on this, but like I, I was just thinking about our our staff and our leaders of various departments as they're sort of preparing uh, what has happened in my department over the course of this year it, it, to to share it with you guys for the for this annual meeting. It forces us to. It forces us to reflect. It forces us to stop and take a moment and go, what really has happened in the course of you know ministry in this year uh, so that I can share that faithfully, so that I can be honest about where uh, things are going well and so that I can be honest about where we need to continue to grow. And I just wonder, like, as you've thought about and prepared what you're going to be sharing from a student perspective, like, how is doing this annual meeting format helpful for you as a leader? No, absolutely. Um, I'd say there is a deep appreciation um, for what God has done over the past year as I get to sit back with my leaders and just look at the ways that he has moved, right? Going even back to last year's meeting in which we set out with our goals, um, similar to what we did yesterday when we met together as a leadership base and we set out prayerfully our goals for the year to come. It is just so um, encouraging to be able to look on the back end of that and see where God has stepped in Mm. Um, and made up the deficit where we even we, even we have lacked as leaders um, and leading and just celebrating how he has utilized um, us and allowed us uh, to just take part in the blessing of serving him, um, right? It's really in those areas you realize um, that everything that we qualify as a sacrifice, um, everything that we qualify as, as you know, like, um, I guess, just inconvenient, um, you know, you don't remember any of it. Isn't that so funny? Like, I'm sure, you know, 50 Tuesdays ago, I was stressing over Wednesday night to come and all the details that were going together. But on the back end of it, all we see is just the blessing yeah. of how God honored it and just utilized it and the lives that were changed and saved and the ways we animated the student body um, the, to take the gospel into their schools. So it's just been so, so encouraging and probably one of the reasons I love this format uh, the most. Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Because th this is, I think, you know, as we've had the opportunity to 
spend time with churches that are that are struggling, you know, as we've had various asks to come in and and just work alongside them. I think this is one of the spots where where churches, you know, especially in our denomination get stuck because this this monthly you know, that's a lot of the cadence. That's a lot of times what we did before was, you know, this monthly or quarterly meeting just becomes this session where, you know, everybody has a thought, everybody has a grievance, and you never actually get to see what's happening in the church. You never actually get to see movement. You never see progress towards uh, towards your goals. And I think doing this annual format, you know, Kevin, you said it, it helps with unity. It helps keep us focused on the mission, but it also helps let us see progress. It helps let us see, wow, you know, something has happened in this past year. There are fantastic things worth celebrating uh, and that's that's an amazing thing. And I, you know, Aaron so often alludes to, uh, you know, that what we what we miss in Scripture, right, is is all of the years that intervene the passages that we read. And I think sometimes the the same thing is true of of our churches. Like when we're just focused so much on the minutia, we miss, you know, that there's this just this period of fantastic growth over the course of the year. And when we step back and we look at it, we go, wow, there are great things to celebrate in every single one of our departments. So, you know, one of the other things that we're going to, you know, that we're going to do during this time, and and I, I want to make sure that our listeners know, is that uh, both both Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, that's this coming Sunday, and Wednesday, uh, we will have a ministry fair going on. So one of the things we wanted to do is, because we already have everybody here for the annual meeting, we wanted to connect them with places that they can serve. And so, Blake, I know that there's some places that they can serve for students, so I'm assuming there's going to be some student leaders out there ready to talk to people that might want to get involved in students. Yeah, absolutely. We're just so excited for this, just to kind of detail um, all the areas that are open and available for people to step in and be able to serve this next generation uh, of the church and believers. Um, So if you guys are at all interested or just curious even about what do we do in student ministry, why do we do the things that we do in student ministry? Are you guys just... A gathering where you throw some parties, right, and then you go to some camps. Or I see some good really... parties and some good camps. Oh, we do have some good parties and some good <laughs> camps, um, and we have a and lot of fun, right? We all got the best food too. So oh, we do have the best food, yes. Uh, but right, there's a there's a vision and there's a strategy that's behind it that's God given. Um, so for anybody that's stopping by, I just want to encourage you. If you see me or any of my leaders uh, attending that, but just go by and ask some questions, yeah. right? Just just see uh, what you see. And if anything, um, just take part in just praising God for what he has done through our student body over this past year and what he is going to do in the year to come. And then Kev, you know, there's, there is such a, uh, there's an abundance of opportunities to serve, you know, depending on your, on your giftings in, in worship and in media. I mean, one of the reasons that, um, that I don't serve in worship is because of lack of gifting, but there are people out here who are listening to this that are, that are gifted you totally could serve in the worship and arts ministry. I mean, listen to that podcast voice, John. I mean, it's just awesome. <laughs> if we just need a narrator, but but yeah. but talk about some of the opportunities that are uh, that are open to people to to serve. Well, you know, a lot of people just think if I want to serve in the worship and music ministry, it's going to be oh up front, hmm. and that terrifies some people. It terrifies most people, honestly, to be able to be on a platform and with lights on and have a microphone and that kind of thing. But that's not it. That is, that's the tip of the iceberg. There's mm. so much more. And truthfully, when you think about what, what we do on a Sunday morning when we gather, there are people behind the scenes 
that are are faithfully serving, whether it's on sound or lights or or slides or even just getting the room ready, hmm. uh, setting the room and making sure because we know it's important that there are mints at the giving station, things like that. You I've know. seen you guys grabbing handfuls of those. So yeah, somebody yes. has to keep that stocked. Somebody has to keep that stocked, and you know, just a lot of the behind the scenes things. Uh, you know, there are opportunities with expressions of worship as we move with that. Uh, the technical arts, the musical arts, we desperately need some guitar players. And I know in our church, we've got to have some guitar players out there who are sitting and just waiting. And so, you know, we need we need some musicians. I know Aaron loves to talk about the, the number of musicians we've got. And truthfully, we are so blessed because that not many churches can talk about having teams that can rotate through and this kind of thing. Matter of fact, yesterday, a lot of our players went up to Middlesex uh, mm. to help out there. And that was a great day as Austin preached um, and some of our people led worship. And so that's, we want to be able to do that. But this really is, and I think the, the big thing with the ministry fair is it's time to engage. You yep. know, January 1 is when people start new things. Well, the other second time that comes behind January 1 is the start of the school year. And people are starting new activities. The, school, the kids are back in school. I'm going to start a new Bible study, uh, which, by, way, by the way, a lot of those Bible studies are going to be featured at the ministry fair. You can learn about those coming up this, this fall. But it's a time to re-engage. And so to know that, um, hey, I can find out how I'm going to connect. It's a time to be intentional hmm. in how I'm going to grow for men, how I'm going to lead my family. For ladies, how I'm going to connect with the ladies of the church. How I'm going to connect for my family. Uh, there's just going to be some great opportunities through this fair, and I'm excited that we're doing it. Yeah, I, I want to encourage you guys to come, to check it out, to see how you might get involved. There really is going to be somebody from every area uh, that you can talk to and find out how you can get involved. But Kevin, you said... You know, you said fall is the other time of the year where, you know, people tend to start new things. And, you know, maybe I'm just still wound up from yesterday. So I'm, I'm going to challenge you guys because I, I do think, you know, even myself as a parent, we're thinking about, you know, signing up for dance and the other things that other activities that our kids do. And those things are important. And I, I want to, you know, pour into my kids and I want them to develop the talent that exists in them. But they're there also is something great to be said for us serving together as a family, us looking for opportunities where we can plug into the body, where my kids see more than just, hey, you can go be a dancer or here you can go be great at this sport or that sport. Uh, th those things are wonderful for, for recreation, to keep them healthy, to teach them to be on teams. But there's no better thing that we can teach our kids. There's no better thing that we can do as a family than serve together in our local church and teach them that the body matters and sacrifice for one another and cherish and love and desire the fellowship that we have and do something about it, right? Like that, that's really what serving comes down to is like we say, that this place where we worship is such a high priority in our lives that we're willing to give of ourselves and of our families to help make it happen and to bless other believers and visitors from the community. And so I just want to challenge you guys, before you start filling up your calendar with fall stuff, why don't you find out where you could be more involved with, with what's going on here, where you could be more involved with getting the gospel into our community and blessing uh, the, the brothers and sisters that we have here in this church. So that's my challenge to you. Come check out the missions fair, uh, the serve fair. It will be uh, it will be in the lobby. It will be in the fellowship hall. There will be something all over uh, that 200 level for you to just check out. 
how you can get involved uh, this coming fall and beyond. The last thing that we wanted to do as we wrap up is is just talk about you know yesterday's message. It's always one of the topics that's on the agenda. This is a little bit weird because it's, it's kind of backwards. Usually I get to you know grill somebody about the message and you know bring up things that they hadn't thought about answering you know in the five seconds before the podcast uh, and watch them just you know contemplate it. But you guys get to do that to me. So uh, you know. Thoughts, uh, questions, things that just as you were just sitting and processing, uh, you know, the message from yesterday, things that came to your mind. What, what what's on your mind? Well, just as I was as I was looking and thinking back, and one, by the way, you did a great job considering you had just a, a, a short short time, um, because even as you were reading the passage yesterday, I was looking and thinking, wow, there's so much here. Hmm. There is so much here in the way Jesus was interacting uh, with the disciples and in, in, in what he was saying, and, and yet at the same time they were missing uh, so much of what he was saying. Yeah. And, and yet he still, he still spoke, he still demonstrated his lordship. Um, and I love the fact, I loved the context that you gave where, you know, Jesus is the lion and the lamb that we want, you know, sweet Jesus, baby Jesus, meek and mild. It's so often, <laughs> you know, in the words of Ricky Bobby, we want, we, we want Jesus the way we want him. Yeah, a little nine pound, 10 ounce baby Jesus. Yeah, and, and so, you know, and so to realize that he is king of kings, he mm-hmm. has every right to demand things on our lives. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that, that, that is hard. Most of the time that's hard. But when you look at John chapter one and you realize Jesus came full of grace and, and truth, truth, yeah, that that's huge to me. Uh, that's how I have to walk because I realize I have I personally have received a lot of grace in my life, but it has always been paired with truth, and that's what's made the difference. Um, and so, yeah, this was a this was a really really good text yesterday. I'm so glad that uh, Aaron has taken us to the book of John. It's it's interesting, Kevin, because one of the things that I didn't consider. You know, and and I think part of what really didn't occur to me until I was actually teaching it, mostly because it didn't have time to occur to me until I was actually teaching it, uh, is that you know that it seems like a hard message, but at, at the same time, what you just said, you know, if, if Jesus is Lord of my life, He has the right to to demand things of me. The the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus is Lord of all, and He has the right to demand anything that He wants of all of us, whether He's Lord of my life or not. What what we have is an opportunity to willingly follow that king and to be brought into his kingdom and to be co-heirs with Christ. But whether we like it or not, he has the right to to demand of his creation. That's what John is setting up in John chapter 1 when he's saying he's there from the very beginning and there wasn't anything that was created that wasn't created through him. Well, if that's the case, then he he is king. He is Lord over everything, whether you want to make him Lord of your life or not. Uh, he is Lord, and he has the right to demand of his creation that it that it fulfills what it was created to do. Right. Yeah, because one day, according to Philippians 2, one day every knee will bow. Yeah. And would you rather bow with the blessing now or bow later with the judgment that comes with that? Um, and, and I don't know, you know, in this day and age, I need to know somebody's got things under control. Yeah, I need to know that Lord Jesus has that all under control because um, I sure don't. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I, I think it was just you know that was probably the thing that struck me the most about the text is uh, is and 
And, you know, fortunately, we've got great resources that we can go to, great commentaries that even if you only have an hour and a half, you can you can read through the passage and you can study and you can soak in it and then you can go and see, you know, what's some, what has somebody else said about this? And, and, I, and I went to a commentary and that, and that was the one that really shed the light on just the, these two passages being next to each other, because I, I think this is something that we miss sometimes, you know, it, it's, it has to do with how we teach the Bible and, and I'm grateful for the way that we do it here, but I could see, I could totally see somebody in another context where they're just studying this one passage and they haven't spent however many weeks it's been that we've taken to study the first whole and second chapter of John missing the context that these things are right beside each other. This, this, this wedding feast. And then also, uh, this Jesus, you know, turning over the tables, like we, we would just be tempted to study one or the other apart from them. And, uh, they're just so beautiful when they're, when they're next to each other. Yeah. It's so easy to focus on one section at a time. Cause obviously that's, those are the bites we can take, mm-hmm. but to, to keep the long uh, picture the long story there, so you can so you can do that because otherwise we just end up with a series of Sunday school stories and we miss the parts that are connecting those. Yeah, and and I think one of the other things that happens, you know, is that we, you know, and it's what we were talking about yesterday. It's we were talking about you know who is the who is the Jesus that you're worshiping, and when we take it in pieces like that, what we're trying to do mentally is we're trying to make these different pictures of Jesus fit together. When we study scripture in its entirety, uh, we, we see that this isn't something I have to force in. I, I don't have to force these pictures of Jesus to fit together. They actually do fit because they are indeed his, they are indeed his character. And, you know, Blake, I know that that has a big, uh, a big impact too on how we, how we teach students. We teach students the same way, you know, on, on Wednesday nights, you know, as we do on Sunday morning, where we teach through entire sections of scripture, because we want them to learn early. Like you, you have to understand the Bible in its context, a passage in its context to be able to really understand what it is that God has for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that is, that is a great synopsis of exactly why we do what we do, not just as a church, but with the students. Um, we believe the students, if they can do calculus, right, then they can exegetically <laughs> study the Bible. Do, and I can't I mean, do calculus, yeah. so. It's been a long time since I've done calc, uh, but but hey, right, um, they're, they're able to, um, and we don't want to treat them any different. Um, while we might use different illustrations, right, um, we want to give them the full scope and sequence of Scripture um, because ultimately, right, uh, uh, ultimately it's not up to me um, to, to decipher the times um, and to try to go in and come up with 10 clever ways to have better friendships or here's, you know, five ways uh, to avoid saying wordy dirds, right? Um, <laughs> but whenever you have them encounter the supernatural uh, book of the Bible and you have them encounter the Lord, he gets to speak to them on a level that even I can't. Right, he gets to convict them through the Holy Spirit in ways that I'm not even perceiving of such. And I can't tell you how many times I me mean, working through the scriptures, as I'm sure it's happened to each one of you, that someone will come up and they'll say, How did you know? And I'm like, How did I know what? And they're like, <laughs> How did you know that, you know, me and so and so were going at it and this was about gossip? And I'm like, I I I didn't. You know, last week we were in First Corinthians this, this week we were in First Corinthians that. I was yeah. just working through the scriptures, but that's just just a small glimpse um, into the beauty of what God is doing through the natural world, um, supernaturally, right, and working through his word and being able to speak to people's lives and help craft them and shape them more into his image. Yeah, so, you know, I, I mean, I think, I think it makes days like yesterday special, you know, when, 
Yeah. Yeah. Did, did we have short notice to, you know, to change what, you know, who was teaching? Yes. But we had a passage of scripture that we had decided, you know, as part of the teaching of John in an orderly fashion was the next thing to teach. And God's going to honor that. And, and it wasn't anything that I did. I just tried to faithfully say what was in the word and let the Holy Spirit do the work. I, I didn't have time to prepare anything that, um, that could be fanciful. And I think it's a good reminder because, you know, we're, we're tempted. All of us that teach are tempted to try to use clever illustrations, to try to, you know, make what we're teaching palatable, to try to help people understand. And, you know, what we really have been called to do is to preach the word of God unapologetically, to say exactly what it says and to share with people what that means for their life. And then to let God do the rest, to let the Holy Spirit work through us and through what we say, and to let the Holy Spirit work in their lives to convict of sin. Um, and and I hope that that's what happened yesterday. I, that, that, that's, that's my honest prayer, is that we just faithfully taught the Word of God that people, you know, were, were convicted because of the Holy Spirit. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Like, no, I'm not sorry. The, the, the goal of Scripture is you know, is conviction, but, and, and this is where I want to end because this is the thing I don't think I got to say yesterday, but the, the reason for conviction is not so that you just feel guilty. It's not so that you just feel like you can't measure up because I, I think you could come away with, with, with seeing Jesus's displeasure. And as we talked about, you know, him dwelling in our, in our hearts and the displeasure that he might have with what's going on there, like you, you could feel like I just can't measure up. Then that's not the goal. The goal of conviction is to lead us to repentance, and 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 I'm sorry that that part I am sorry I didn't get to say that uh, yesterday. But as I was thinking about it, it's like that is the joy of our faith, is that as we recognize an area of our life that doesn't measure up to uh, to to the fullness of Christ, we can repent, and and we can turn from those things, and in repentance we can find cleansing. And it doesn't have to be cleansing with a whip, you know, and the turning over of tables. It's, it, it's, it is just him purifying our hearts and taking away that, that thing that used to be a terrible place and making it clean and making it new. And, and so I just want to challenge you. If you, if you left yesterday uh, just, just wondering, like, how am I ever going to measure up? How am I ever uh, going to be good enough for this Christ that I am following? He loves you. He stands ready to forgive you. All it takes is repentance. All it takes is us turning from that thing. Use this moment where he's brought it to your attention, where he's he's captivated you by what's going on, and, and use it to turn from it and ask him to forgive you. And he's faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And so that that's the challenge to you guys. I... I um, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Don't forget, uh, you can subscribe to this podcast. And we didn't have any questions this week, so I just want to remind you to submit us your questions. Even if it's not about yesterday's message, drop us a note of stuff you want to hear us talk about on this podcast, and we are excited to share it with you. Tune in next week, and we'll see you then.